Hi, and welcome to the NCC More podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in. My name's Jared, and I'm the creative director here at North Point Community Church. And we started a series last Sunday called So Love. And it's all about this, this verse in the Bible, John three sixteen, that says, God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. He gave us Jesus that we could have eternal life. He gave us Jesus that we could have the abundant life. And he gave us Jesus that we could have a new start in life. And so we talked about this concept of so love. And, and here at NCC, we say that so love is big love, right? If I'm at the restaurant and I say, man, I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse. Or, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with some friends. I'm, I'm, guys, I'm so tired. I could sleep for two days. We use the word so to help bring emphasis to what the, the, the extreme of what, of, of our predicament. I'm so hungry. I'm so tired. I'm so this or that. Well, God has such an extreme love for us that he writes, God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. And that's what we're talking about here on Sundays is the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, the gospel that comes to us through Jesus. It's the good news of Jesus. And so throughout this series, we're going to be bringing some different people from our team onto the podcast and they're simply going to be sharing their stories and how their lives were radically changed whenever they encountered Jesus. And so I'm going to be telling you a little bit about my story and how Jesus changed my life. And I was born in the most beautiful state in the country, undebated, undebated, undisputed Washington state. And when I was six months old, against my own will and volition, uh, my parents moved me and themselves, of course, to um, one of the lesser beautiful states in the nation, uh, Oklahoma. And, uh, and we moved there because my parents took a position as pastors uh, of a church. And so I grew up in church my entire life. And, and not just that, I grew up as a pastor's kid my entire life. And I wasn't one of those pastor's kids, like the stereotype, the one who is the troublemaker or the one who caused all the ruckus. Uh, do, do we people say ruckus anymore? I don't know. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. I, I wasn't that stereotype. I was actually the far opposite and actually far on the other side of the, in the other ditch. I was the pastor's kid with the nose up in the air. I was better than everyone else. And, and my parents did a very good job raising me and exemplifying a life of loving God and loving people. But growing up in church, I began to mix and mingle with other church people that through my relationship with them, I began to develop a false perception of who God was. I began to develop a false perception of who God was to me, how God loved and accepted me. And, and because of that, it, it began to develop a false perception of, of myself and then a false perception of how God sees other people as well, which affected the way I treated other people. And so I really got serious 
about my relationship with God in high school. I began reading my Bible every day. I had nothing but worship in my car. I was reading books about Christian living and all these things. And, and throughout this course of time in high school, I developed this very judgmental, this very cynical, this very critical attitude towards myself. Because I began to develop this theology that if I was going to be accepted by God, if I was going to be approved by God, if God was going to listen to my prayers, if God was going to really bless me in life, it was going to be out of a earning from my performance, uh, my adherence to the rules and the regulations and the do's and don'ts of Christianity based off of my behavior. And, and so whenever I didn't live up to the standard, whenever I sinned, whenever I missed the mark, I became so self-critical and so self-judgmental and so self-condemning that I didn't feel like I could earn God's goodness. I couldn't earn God's favor. I couldn't earn God's blessing. I couldn't earn God's acceptance. I couldn't earn God's approval. I was so, so focused on if I could just love God more, then God would accept me, then God would approve of me, if I could just love more. And and I I sought this, this status that I made up in my mind of loving God and completely neglected the fact that God actually loves me. And, and it, it spilled over then from that point, and then I began to have a perspective shift on how God viewed other people because I knew that, well, at least I thought I knew that if God's view of me, his acceptance of me, his approval of me was based on my performance, based on my behavior, then his approval and acceptance of other people is definitely based off of their performance and their behavior. So I began to use comparison as a barometer. I would compare myself to other Christians and other people who were in the church. And I thought, well, if my life, if my behavior, if my character is better than theirs, then I'm doing good because I, I just have to be better than everyone else for God, for me to be God's favorite person. Because after all, my acceptance and my approval before God is based off of my behavior and my performance and my works. And it culminated in, in high school. I remember this one time in 2007, I was a junior and we had a talent show going on. Uh, I don't know if public schools, do they even do talent shows anymore? I don't know. Irrelevant. Anyway, we had talent shows and, and I was in, I was in the auditorium and there was about 800 in attendance that day. Um, and, and this guy came up that I knew and he sang this song, uh, a popular song that in the day by third day, uh, called something along the lines of praise you in this storm. And whenever he was done singing this song, he got a standing ovation from every single kid in the room. Now this is a public school. There's 800 kids. Mind you, there's a mix of all sorts of beliefs, religions in this room. But everyone was so moved by this song that he sang that everyone gave him a standing, a standing ovation, except for one person, me. And, 
and here's why. The reason was is because I sat there as everyone was you know, applauding him, standing. I sat there in my seat, arms folded, because I knew the real story behind this kid. I knew that he sang in a musical just last week on the same stage. He was a sailor in this musical, and uh, and, and in this musical, he sang a song as a sailor about sailor language, sailor words, it was a song full of cuss words. And I was sitting there in my seat, arms folded, thinking, how dare you? Who do you think you are thinking you can come here and just sing about God whenever last week you were singing this song full of these cuss words and, and all these other things? You really think God is going to bless you? You really think God is is looking favorably upon this? Upon this? You think God is really going to accept you and approve you because of because you did this in light of what you did last week on this very same stage? How dare you? Who do you think you are? And that was my attitude towards this person. And so I graduated high school with, with this attitude. And I began to work in ministry. And as I began to work in ministry, I began to study the Gospels, which the Gospels are four books in the Bible that give account of Jesus's life and his teaching. And, and I began to read these and I began to really just see who Jesus really was. And I, I remember it really started whenever I read this book called Destined to Rain. And, and I really begin to, I really begin to start having a grasp on this concept of this word that this, that the Bible used called grace, this word called grace. And I remember it, it, I really had an epiphany one day whenever I was reading and, and thinking along these lines about, you know, God being a good God and, and a merciful God. And, and I was reading this teaching by Jesus in Luke chapter 18 one day. And it shattered my theology, this, this false perception that I had of God. And, and Jesus tells this story of these two people. Uh, one is a tax collector, this notorious sinner. The, this other one is a Pharisee. He's, he's a scholar of, of religious literature of the day. And he was a devout religious leader of the day. And, and they both went to the temple to pray. And, and Jesus said, now the Pharisee, this religious leader of the day, prayed like this. God, thank you that I'm not like everyone else. Thank you that I'm not like the cheaters and the crooks and, and all these other evil people. Thank you that I am such a good person. In fact, God, I fast twice a week and I even give tithes to the temple, God. And then Jesus talks about this other guy, this notorious sinner. And, and he talks about how this notorious sinner was so bogged down by shame, so crippled by condemnation that he couldn't even lift his head to heaven in confidence to speak towards God. And his prayer went like this, God have mercy on me because I'm a sinner. And Jesus said this, that day, one person walked away from the temple justified, and it wasn't the Pharisee, it was the tax collector. And I remember reading that for the first time, and I thought, wait a second, no, 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 no. The Pharisee is the one who's living right. He's the one that's behaving right. He's the one that's doing all the right things. The, the sinner, he's, he's sinned, and he's just asking for a quick way out. He's asking for a Band-Aid. But I begin to have this concept, this, this perspective shift of, 
God being a merciful God and God being a grace-filled God. And as you begin, as I begin to study and look at the life of Jesus and how he lived his life and, and really what God sent Jesus to do, which wasn't to make de- which wasn't to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. When I came to this realization that God is a God of grace and a God of mercy and a God of forgiveness, and the whole concept of this gospel that we preach is forgiveness of sins through the sacrifice of Jesus. This this perception that I had of God began to melt away, and about two three years after high school, I began to see myself as someone who wasn't just devoutly living for God, someone who wasn't just passionate about loving God, but really became a person who centered their life around being loved by God. You see, I'd spent so much time proving my love to God that I didn't actually take time to sit back and realize, whoa, I'm actually loved by God. And my perspective began to shift as well because if God loved me and gave Jesus for me and accepted me and approved me because of Jesus and his sacrifice, then God also accepted and approved of other people because of Jesus and his sacrifice. And it, and it changed my, 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 my perspective of other people because at that time, I just wanted to hang around church people and talk about God. I wanted to just sit in my room all day and read my Bible and study about God and read books on theology. And, and I really had no desire to actually influence and reach the world around me. But whenever I had this realization that God loves me and he doesn't love me based on my performance. He doesn't love me based on my behavior. His, his face towards me isn't fickle. His, 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 approval towards me isn't based off of how good I do that day or how bad I do that day, but his approval towards me is based off of Jesus. When I realized that, I began to treat other people differently. I found myself treating other people the way Jesus treated people. I believe I found myself talking about other people the way Jesus talked about other people. I, I found myself seeing people whenever I was in a big metroplex I didn't, and walking down the city sidewalks. I didn't see a whole bunch of sinners who could care less about God. I saw a whole bunch of people in desperate need of a Savior, and it was my job to show them the kindness and the goodness and the grace of God to be a part in their journey. And maybe you're in that boat today. Maybe you're a person who deals with being self-critical or deals with being judgmental or or heaps condemnation and shame on yourself every time you mess up and and maybe you think that God's attitude towards you his acceptance towards you his approval of you is based off of how good or bad you are but the realization is is that Jesus came to give us eternal life. Jesus came to give us relationship with God. It's nothing that we could earn. It's nothing that we could deserve on our own. That's why it's called grace. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. And that's the whole concept of the gospel. It's around this word grace. It's about it's around this word forgiveness. And so I want to challenge you today. I want you to look into areas in your life and, and take an honest assessment. Am I, am I judgmental towards myself? Do I beat myself up every time I make a mistake? 
Do I, every time I sin or every time I, I have a weak moment and, and lash out at, at my spouse, at my kids, at my friends, at my coworkers, do I go away beating myself up saying I'm such a failure? I'm never going to get it together. Uh, God, 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 yeah, he may be, he, yeah, he tolerates me, but he doesn't really accept me as his child. He doesn't approve of me as his child. If you're in that boat today, I want you to know that God is for you. He's not against you. His approval towards you, his acceptance of you, his love for you, his goodness and kindness and blessing on your life is not merited because of your behavior, because you messed up one, two, three, four, or countless times, because Jesus came to seek and save that was lost and, and to restore those who were broken, restore those who were hurting and to redeem this, those who were dead in sin and make them alive in God. That's why Jesus came. He came not to make bad people good, to be, but to make dead people alive. And the gospel is just that. The gospel is God giving us a fresh start, a continual fresh start. And every time we mess up, he's right there with us, alongside us, helping us along the journey, helping us grow, helping us learn from our mistakes. And he's there to give us grace. He's there to give us forgiveness. Can I pray with you real quick? God, I thank you for showing us your love. I thank you for showing us your goodness. I thank you for showing us your favor, your mercy, your kindness. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We couldn't work for it, but you gave it to us freely because of Jesus. That's the gospel. You gave us relationship with you because of Jesus. We thank you for it, and we believe that Jesus is, has been, and forever will be our Savior. Thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. Hey, I want to thank you again for joining us on the podcast today, and I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you this weekend at either our 9.30 or 11.15 service as we continue this series, So Love. We'll see you then.